on ABC Radio. This is The Big Fish with Scott Levi. Ahoy there. Welcome aboard another edition of The Big Fish. And on The Big Fish this morning, a world fishing literary first with Hayley Paxavanis launching the first fishing book written by a teenage girl that we know of who's an absolute fishing superstar. That's your first cast this morning on The Big Fish. It's The Big Fish, and in her beautiful history of fishing in Australia, the catch, the story of fishing in Australia, uh, the wonderful historian Anna Clark wrote this about young women fishing uh, since the dawn of time in this country. Uh, Across the continent, diverse and adaptable fishing practices, recipes and rituals were a cornerstone of Indigenous life at the time of first contact, and many remain so to this day. Malgun, the amputation of a girl's left little finger, was one of the many Indigenous fishing rites that took place in what's now known as Australia. Malgun was an Eora custom, rich with significance, an offering to the spirits. In this case, the little girl would be forever linked with the fish that had literally fed. And as these little girls grew into women, that connection to the underwater world was thought to be uh, an offering of good fortune and prowess with a fishing line. It was also practical because removing that uh, little finger on the left hand made it easier to wind the beautifully intricate handmade lines that caught all of the fish that uh, sustained the community. And the fisherwomen were absolutely unbelievable, according to early reports. Now, in that book, the foreword was written by a fellow who's a regular on this program and host of Fishing Australia on national television and a star of fishing media everywhere, Rob Paxavanis. And I was thinking to myself about your fishing-addicted daughter. Have you counted all the fingers or have you <laughs> have you thought about getting the filleting knife and uh, making her uh, official? <laughs> that's, a, that's an incredible story. And Anna Clark's book is an amazing book. Like it, it was, it was a, such an honour and a thrill to write the forward to that. And I couldn't put that book down. Um, you know, she's um, great at school and she plays A-grade soccer. And, and, and Hayley's um, rest and relaxation when we get time is going fishing. And um, so, so, yeah, I'm not quite going to take her finger off, but she's, <laughs> she's been in some amazing scenarios where she, even my producer said, wow, I can't even get a hold of adults that, that will focus and, and do what they've got to do. You know, getting midged on a, on a river up north when the whole crew were running for cover and, and she still says her lines while she's catching a barra. Um, you know, she, yeah, she's an amazing little human, as are all my daughters. But, um, yeah, it's just a, so thrilling that um, she's written one book at, at the age of seven and one of the first interviews was, was with you when she was in grade two and... And, um, you know, that was for families and kids because they nagged her. Uh, How'd you catch a fish on the weekend? And she'd nag us uh, to write a book. We said it'd never work. And and, and it continues to be a bestseller. And and now she's done, you know, Next Level, which is for teens. So she's sitting here beaming with me in the studio. Thinks she's pretty cool in her uh, Australia Matilda's top over there. And she's got a copy of her book sitting in front of her. And um, 
yeah, it's it's we've watched her grown up and still still a lot to do. But yeah, very proud of her, Scotty. Haley, this new book, um, how does it follow on from the first one? Tell us about the the process and and your journey, your development as a, as a fisherwoman. Oh, well, as Dad said, when I was younger, people used to ask me lots about fishing tips off me, and I've been around fishing from a young age, so I've always learnt lots of things from Dad and anglers around me. And so basically, my first book was about the basics. It was for families getting into fishing, for young kids and beginners. And then it was such a hit, so I thought, why don't we bring it to the next level, create the second book? And obviously, the second book is for... Um, people who are really into their fishing and really want to catch them huge fish. But anyone can eat, um, use either of the books. And, of course, Dad's taken both of them. I see him reading them at <laughs> night. He needs a bit of help. He does need a bit, bit of help. Oh, and you've, you've got a lot of help in this book too. Um, you've caught all the species in this book and some cracking fish. And mind you, uh, Dad, they look a lot bigger when someone small is holding them. Um, but you've also pulled in some of the nation's best fishing experts having you to catch fish right throughout New South Wales and, and Queensland. And, and this time of year, a lot of people do travel the East Coast. And, and the big bug for them, the big lure for them is, is fishing, isn't it? So, and, and you've covered the whole nation in this book with species that you've caught. Is that right? Every fish in this book featured is one that you've actually had on the end of your line? Yes, I've caught all the different fish in this book. And obviously I haven't caught ones as big as some of the masters have in their hands and I would really like to catch a big flathead or jack like they have before but um yeah I have caught them. Paul Lennon from Port Stephens he is holding a flathead that honestly our, our <laughs> listeners who've seen crocodiles in North Queensland would could mistake it for you'd think he was Steve Irwin or something wrangling that and letting it go you know showing us how to hold it as well and he is a master at catching big flathead. Tell us about the structure of the book. Well, in the book, I go through everything about the fish, like what tackle you need to catch them, their habitat, their diet, all different facts you need to know, techniques and everything. But obviously, there's a little bit more to that. And that little bit more is just having them little secrets that you got to figure out yourself. But obviously, with uh, great anglers such as Paul Lennon, giving tips that uh, just amazing. It really helps people get on the fast track and really get into the big fish fishing. And a lot of those tips are conservation tips too, aren't they? This is a book um, that, that seems to have its roots in sustainable fishing. Is that something you're passionate about, Haley? Yes, of course. I love to make sure the environment's safe. A lot of um, reasons about the book is that it's great to get kids out in the nature and off their screens and just out and exploring, fishing, having fun, relaxing. And Paul Lennon himself is actually, um, in his tip, he's discussed that you got to handle the fish with care because you may catch them again and it's great to put them back and make sure they're all safe in hands. Not that you don't eat the, the odd fish. There's a beautiful picture of you holding a, a spotty mackerel there. I don't know if you let that one go or not, but there are some lovely eating fish and Lovely pictures of you you holding some fish that I'm sure a few of them might get back to the table, or do they all go back? Um, most of them we go we let them back in, uh, especially the big ones because their mothers or family got babies, um, and especially the small ones we don't keep because they're too small they got to grow. But sometimes we do keep them. We make sure that we don't take too many fish back. 
leave some in the ocean and only take what we need. And yeah, some fish are great eating, so we do take something back a bit. It's the big fish. We're speaking with Hayley Paxavanis, uh, daughter of Rob, who's a regular on the program, of course, Fishing Australia host and uh, TV fishing superstar. Uh, Hayley's new book is called Kids Fishing Next Level, a teen's complete guide to catching fish from bank or boat. And uh, this, this media fishing, this, this um, fishing on TV is, is quite tough, isn't it, Hayley? I, I, your dad was telling me a story about uh, a TV crew doing a, a piece with you and they t- said, stand there, stand right there. And you knew if you moved a bit down the dock, you would catch a stud brim. Tell us that story. Yes, he loves telling this story to a lot of people. Um, usually on the spot I can catch a fish, but I had to stay in a certain spot when I was um, on a live cross for the Today Show. And uh, as we were doing the live cross, I could just sense the fish weren't there anymore. And obviously after a while they get used to you, they know you're there, and so they're going to travel down a bit. So at the end of the cross, when they asked us to catch a um, brim, I chucked my line in, I'm like, all the fish are gone. Ten minutes ago, there was probably about 50-odd brim just hanging around there and none to be seen as soon as I dropped my bait in. And so we had to – We the live cross ended and then I was, me and Dad looked at each other and we were like, they're definitely down the other end of the jetty. We, um, The cameraman goes, all right, we'll film you. You go down and catch one. Drop my line in. Within 30 seconds, I've got a nice brim on. And it's a bummer, but, of course – you don't always catch fish, and it's just, it was a great moment to laugh at. They don't stick to the script, do they, Haley? They don't stay on their mark, as they say in television. I'm sure they put a cross on the, on the deck, uh, and your dad knows all about the, the, the uh, trials and tribulations of uh, getting fish to play the game for a TV show. It, it never works. I'll I tell you what, it was our first live experience, and it was, it was amazing. Um, when the cameraman started setting up the lights and the flecky boards and the, and the filters for the sun, we started looking and going, we, we can't move. We've got to stay within a metre square. And Haley, I can see Haley too. And if you see that interview, you'll see me <laughs> starting to stress because she found this school of brim and she really wanted to catch one. That was her challenge. They, she said to the producers a few times, no, no, I'll catch you one because she's used to the cameraman being able to move a bit. And, um, you know, she answered the question so beautifully, but she she knew we had to move. And she goes through this in her first book so wonderfully, you know, about how, you know, if you can't see fish with a little bit of burly and, 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 and they're not coming up, you need to move or they've got used to you. And she just explained it so well r- right then. And she, she she's going to try again on live TV. Um, it was a great experience for us. But, um, yeah, it was a fun story to, to be, for her to be able to go to the camera and I can catch one. 30 seconds later, 30 seconds later, she got it. was a clunk of brim, too, like near on 40 centimetres. Uh, so. But just not on the camera, just not on live <laughs> TV. Yeah, That's the she, way it rolls. Yeah, she's tenacious. She'll try again. She'll be on yeah, another Well, they've got to listen. Did. They've got to listen to her and, and let her call call the shots and be a bit more flexible. It's The Big Fish with uh, Rob Paxavanis and his 16-year-old daughter now, Hayley Paxavanis, who's got a new book out, Kids Fishing Next Level. And we spoke to her when she was, I think, seven or eight when her first book came out and it was an absolute bestseller. This one's taken it to the next level. And Haley, women in fishing, it's just such a revolution. And not just women who, who fish because dad rigs them up and puts them in the boat and baits them up and all the rest of it. But now there's a big movement with the Women's Recreational Fishing League and, 
and uh, what's happening in the Northern Territory and all around Queensland and New South Wales, where women want to do it. You know, they just they want to make the flies or, or whittle a lure or rig themselves up, drive the boat, back the boat. You know, this this mansplaining, this boysplaining, um, we don't need it. The, the girls are saying we don't need it. We can do it all because we want the satisfaction of doing it all. And you're a lot like that, aren't you? you you'll just, um, when Dad's not about, he'll be off skiving around in the Northern Territory or somewhere catching barrow. You'll be out there on Pummerstone Passage where you live now uh, chasing jacks, chasing brim, and, and you can do it quite proficiently on your own, can't you? Yes, I can. I um, recall one time Dad was out uh, on a fishing film trip and I really wanted to go with him. He was, I think he was going barra fishing, which it can't miss out on a barra fishing trip. But no, he was like, no, we can't take you. It's a serious trip. So about here, I think he was on the plane flight. I'm like, this is it. I'm going down the road. I go down the road out my backyard and um, I catch a nice flathead. I send him a photo and he's like, we haven't even caught a fish yet. And I was like, well, you should have taken me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, is a, that was a, a most beautiful story too. You know, she, and this happens often, but that one, she said to me, dad, I'll hook this fish. And it, I thought I had a snag and the rod tip was in the water. It was only a couple of years after her first book. And, and then I realized it moved and, you know, 65 odd centimeter flathead for, for, for a nine year old kid on her own at, at a beach, you know, on her own is, is amazing, but um, you hit something on the head there, uh, uh, Scotty, before, and I think I think us blokes have been caught guilty here of trying to mansplain in our books, and I think the girls just want to get on with it. And I think I think between being a kid and being a female, she explains things in words in her book that I just can't do. I go, she summed that up so well, and just gives a chance for people to go and do it, you know. So. Um, yeah, so you know, and 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 I love that. I love that so many more females are getting into it. Look, I always say that you know, fishing is is the sport that knows no borders. It, it crosses all cultures, and females are just so good at it. And it's a, it's a sport where they can compete at it equally for the rest of their lives. And I'm so glad that it's booming here in Australia. And I'm I'm so proud that an Aussie kid, not just my daughter, has you know written an Aussie first. On two occasions now, and possibly a world first, we we can't find anything that's written by kids for kids or by teens for teens, and I think that's that uniqueness that that sets it apart. And I'm you know I'm I'm just proud that that you know having four daughters and 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 just loving kids and loving seeing um, you know boys and girls get into fishing. I'm just so proud that um, we're able to be a part of that journey for so many people. And and Haley. Dad's told me on many an occasion, you know, that you, your friends will come over, you live near the water, you're near, in a very lucky area, aren't you, because you get those crossover species, you get the, the, the brim and the whiting and the flathead and the gorgeous bread and, bread and butter fish that are so good to eat that our New South Wales listeners have. But on the Sunshine Coast, you also get the magnificent um, uh, mangrove jack, the, the barramundi, uh, you know, you can chase Saratoga, you've got, got, and bass as well, you've got all those extra fish, you know, some of the tropical fish that, that come down too, the, the mackerel are there. Uh, for a long time more in the year than we'd have in New South Wales, um, that you've got so many fish to, to chase, but you you can do it on your own. You don't need some person to explain to you how to do it. And I believe that makes you a bit of a, a star at school with the, the other kids. Yeah, a lot of kids do like to come fishing with me. And, of course, I love helping them out. I also love helping kids out when I'm out at the jetty and they recognise Dad. I'm like, hey, I know some tips too. I... <laughs> help them out and of course I do um, 
hope that kids and young women, uh, young girls aspire to be like me or think that fishing is an amazing thing for a girl to be doing. And yes, we are very lucky to have all these amazing fish in our backyard and I'll sneak out sometimes without Dad knowing and catching some nice fish if he isn't taking me. What about going with a group? Yeah, it's uh, great to be outdoors, hanging out with my friends, and um, it's amazing that we have learnt how to tie our own lines, make our own lures, put our own bait on, chop it up burly, and uh, it's just amazing that groups of kids can go out and go all fishing together. I do see groups of kids together out fishing around my town and it's amazing that they're all together having a good time off social media just chilling and catching some fish there's one photo in the book i think that really sums it up uh you and your mates all jumping off the jetty um you know with your fishing rods sitting on the on the jetty having a swim and then another one of you it looks like a good bass spot somewhere in the in the hinterland of the sunshine coast with your little poodle on the on the black on the towel and uh, a rod set. Um, I don't know if it's what you're chasing there, maybe brim. But, um, you know, it, 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 and, and you write, while this book is here to help you catch big fish, make sure you take a little time to relax and enjoy the environment. I mean, it takes us a long time in fishing sometimes to, to realise that, that we're so obsessed with catching fish. Is that important to you? Uh, catching the fish is quite important to me, but when I don't, I look at it as an amazing trip that I got to go on and that I just got to go out in the nature. Sometimes it's not always about uh, catching a fish and being successful in catching a fish. And, for example, that photo of me with my dog um, trying to catch a bass there with my rod on the water, it was just great to be able to sit there in the nature. Um, there was lots of animals around, birds chirping. It was just a beautiful scenery to sit in with my dog and just let the fish do their work. Yeah, having chased bass and trout uh, all, all my life, it's so sad that so many people, um, so many people, never see a platypus in the wild. If you if you're a bass or trout fisherman, you'll see dozens and dozens. You'll you'll mm-hmm. you'll see so many of them. It's ridiculous. Or more, you know, sadly, um, you know, they're, they're they're doing it a bit tough as well. But that's true, isn't it, Rob and, and Haley? I mean, what you see in nature is is almost worth it on its own as well. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. One of the important things of her second book um, was that it was, it was national. You know, obviously living sort of in southern Queensland and fishing a lot in New South Wales, those, those key species, you know, flathead, snapper, jacks in the north, uh, are, are key to our coastline here. But we cover species right around Australia. And the reason, one of the reasons she targets those big fish is because it gives the kids a chance to target something big that takes a long time and it's the perfect excuse to spend time in nature. I mean, if you just went and stood on the bank looking for a platypus that you spoke about earlier and you, after five minutes, didn't see one, you you sort of get bored, you know, or if you stood on the beach just staring out at the ocean, um, you get bored. Now, it's natural for people where, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone says, we're hunter-gatherers, that's bred into us, and we we want to be out there, but while, while we're fishing... We we are taking in the environment, you know. Haley's seen the most incredible things: dolphins, leopard sharks, you know, uh, turtles, mud crabs, all the you know amazing bird life. So it's in a chance. It's a chance to be immersed in that. It gives you a reason to be there. And I think that, that that's what she's sort of um, 
getting at, you know, when she talks at, you know. Otherwise, you know, you if you just wouldn't stood there, you'd feel like a bit silly after all and go, geez, I better go back, you know what I mean? So, so you know, the, the, those big fish in the second book give give a people a chance to do that and um, and immerse themselves in nature. It's a reason to be there. And it's it's contagious, you know. You, you Yeah, she sums it up really well at the end. So you, we don't want kids to catch, you know, their first metre plus barramundi or... or, or 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 um, a flathead. There's there's 1.2 meter mangrove jacks in there. There's, yeah. Speaking well, well, of jacks, hey, yeah. I want to ask yeah. you about that because <laughs> each each chapter looks at a different fish or a sustainable method with lots of tips from the experts. I see beautiful uh, Joe Starling in there, who's a wonderful fisherwoman and really getting her teeth into fly fishing too at the moment. But there's a big chapter on jacks, on mangrove jacks, and I'll I'll tell you something, Haley. As a very old fisher person. I've caught one decent mangrove jack in all my life. It was in Townsville. I lived up there for quite a few years in the tropics, and it wasn't a huge one, but I was so thrilled to catch it. You seem to have caught more mangrove jacks than I've had hot dinners. I mean, <laughs> what's, the, what's the success? And you call it the goat of fish? You, you reckon it's, it's the best estuary fish? Yes, jacks are definitely up there. They're, I love catching them. They're a very aggressive and angry fish, but they're also very hard to master and catch so when you finally get one it's just wow and you know it's a very proud moment to have thought that you could have um caught one and yes i've i've caught a few we've got some amazing spots around our backyard that um have some nice jacks and i do love catching them so i do out go out for them a lot they will get you though won't they Haley? they they have that habit of coming out from the snag and then whacking your bait or your, your soft plastic or lure on the way back in at a trillion miles an hour and just ping. Yeah, they, they are so hard to stop sometimes around the snags that they love to live in. Yes, they very are. And I know lots of times I've been caught on the edge of a jetty or some sort of pole from a jack and it's a very sad moment for myself. <laughs> Knowing that I've lost a jack, sometimes I'll see it. It will come up, and then next minute it's zooming back down to the um, to the bottom of the uh, water. And yeah, they they do like to play games. Well, it's amazing the fishing you have around around you there, and and I know your dad uh, cut his teeth fishing uh, on the south coast of New South Wales and in the snowy mountains, and, and worked there as a as a fly fishing guide, and and just uh, loved it. Um, what about? Uh, traveling with him you know do you said that uh, he'll often leave you at home and you'll catch more fish than he does anyway you know is is it your plan to maybe travel as a, a fisherwoman too yeah i do travel sometimes with dad for uh film trips i do love going around because obviously some areas have more fish or species and it's just great to go around and explore i also do love the trip as a um, nice little adventure to go and see their areas like just it's amazing to uh if i'm get the opportunity to go and learn new things and new places well congratulations on the new book it's called kids fishing next level Haley paxavanis uh and the proudest dad in the world sitting beside you there in our sunshine coast studio thanks for joining us on the big fish and uh the book is out now i believe guys Yes, uh, she's released it. Um, it's on our on our Fishing Australia TV uh, shop site. Although 
it's already sold out there, so probably eBay is, is the best thing. <laughs> if you just uh, you, you um, we'll try to restock our our, our shop. All but, right, um, that's a collector's item already. eBay, <laughs> if you basically just search up Kids Fishing Next Level and on eBay is probably the best thing at the moment. But um, yeah, it's so much fun talking to you, Scotty, and yes, I am very proud, and um, I, I look forward to catching up with her. She's uh, amazing that. You know, at seven, eight years of age, she was pretty good, and I, I think she did a wonderful job here today. So it's yeah, great. she's the next level, all right. Hey, Hayley Paxavanas, Tight Lines, thanks for joining us again on The Big Fish, and good luck with the book. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Scotty. with Scott Levi on ABC Radio. Here comes Stinker with his fishing tips. Some hot advice for your fishing trip. Where to find them? What's the bait? Are you catching any, mate? Good morning, Stinker. G'day, Scott. Hey, Stinker, you're uh, making a comeback to Conversations on Wednesday with Richard Feidler. It's a great program. It's a fantastic program, and yes, I am. I'm very uh, privileged uh, to have been interviewed by Richard, and that was 10 years ago. And I've been informed uh, that the interview that was conducted 10 years ago will be played again next Wednesday at 11 o'clock. It was a lovely chat. It really was. And it would be good to catch up with some of those people around the nation that uh, we've got to know through conversations with Richard Feidler on ABC Local Radio. It's The Big Fish, of course, where we talk fishing. And Stinker, this time of year, I get really excited because in the estuary, the the flathead and the crabs are the the two target species. I think everyone loves those. Uh, Offshore, the beautiful snapper that you just love chasing. And on the beach, the whiting, I think, the more you eat fish, the more you fish for the table rather than uh, anything else, the more you, you hone in on those prolific species. Well, that's what I do. And really, I, I've been like that. That's the house that I was brought up in, that, that, that fish, to go fishing was to feed the family. And it was very important because our family didn't have much money. I mean, I never ever saw a steak. I never knew what a steak was. <laughs> and you'd never have a, a roast pork or anything like that. And you'd have a, ch- a chook occasionally. All the chooks would get nervous when my grandfather would grab the axe. You know, they'd all start shaking in <laughs> their legs and start shaking. <laughs> and, of course, we had the old chopping block. Well, see, big people and kids don't even know what a chopping block is these days. All your chooks come from the, the supermarket. But... um. So when you go fishing, that was to catch fish and it was to bring them home. 
and it was to clean them, and then the whole family would sit down and have a beautiful meal together of fish that was cooked by my grandmother or my mother in a big tub of sort of, um, there's a lot of fat involved, um, but <laughs> the fish just tastes beautiful. And it was, you know, flathead brim, flathead brim and tailor, uh, they were the, probably the main ones. Um, but, you know, occasionally you'd have crabs and, oh, look, it was, it was great. And if you could come home as a kid, so I wanted to go fishing as soon as I possibly could because I wanted the responsibility to be able to feed the family. And when I say the family, that included my grandparents and my uncles, um, and we all lived in a great big house and a, a big table, a big long table. And when the fish come out of the kitchen, we had a big wooden wooden um, stove. When the fish come out, cooked out of the out of that kitchen, it smelled so beautiful. And to have a feed of fresh fish, probably, oh once a week or at least once or twice, yeah, once a week or once a fortnight, gee, it was something to look forward to. And, of course, Scott, there was never bone, like, and there was never filleted and bone. You know, there were bones in there. You had to eat things very, very slowly. <laughs> a great sense of achievement for a young person to think, well, I've, I've helped provide for the family. That must have been a really a proud moment for you when you brought home a feed big enough for that in tire mob, even though you hadn't quite mastered the uh, pin boning and all the stuff you do now, because the way you prepare your fish now is just uh, restaurant quality. We've got better at that, haven't we? Oh, most certainly. I mean, I don't think those in my family would eat fish if, if they didn't bone it. <laughs> but then I remember they'd have a, a big loaf of bread, not <laughs> sliced bread like it is now, but you know the big, the big loaves, how they used to be? Yeah, and yeah. It had one of those in the middle of the table. And when everyone started choking, um, you'd reach out and grab the bread and then have a big mouth. You'd chew into a mouthful of that and swallow it. And that was how you would clear the bone. Yeah. <laughs> the bone would get, disappear down downstream. Oh, yeah. And, you, and you'd, have, you'd have around the edge of your plate, you'd have a little um, army of bones lined up where you'd <laughs> pick, pick them out of your mouth while you're eating. <laughs> Right. That's right. And by the time you finish, you have a little mountain there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So really... We uh, never died, Stinker. We didn't die. No, we went close. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it was a... Uh, and everyone, my, my uncles uh, were fishermen. Uh, my mother was good. She could catch them. She, she had a hand line. Uh, she was good. Uh, everybody could catch them in in my house, uh, and and uh, it was a pleasure to sit down with your uncles and talk about it, and just listen to the banter. Because I was you know, about eight or nine or ten, and really I and I was included. So every fishing trip, I was there, and I and I had my own Rangoon cane, and and a little alvey, a little alvey, and, and I remember torture fishing line. And, you know, we only had sort of a little tiny tackle box and we only had one rod. You have one rod. And now it's sort of like, well, a golf bag where you've got a, a rod for every shot. Well, it, when I was fishing, uh, you'd have one rod for everything. 
you catch you, you, every fish available. You catch with one rod. It's the big fish with uh, Stinker, John Stinker Clark. So, really, you were looking for those table fish, and I guess the two premium ones in in your estuary are, are the the flathead. And uh, I mean, they're great. You talk about uh, you know catching flathead. My grandmother, I f- never forget. You know, going on holidays with her up and down the, the New South Wales coast, and uh, you know Smith Lakes and places like that, uh, where she would have a big hand line, toss it out. And she just knew how to catch flathead off the off the beach, and she just walk up the beach. You just walk up the beach, and the flathead had come up out of the the gutter. And I think her secret was she knew that they're right in that gutter, close to the shore. Is that a a tip uh, for estuary fishers as well? It is, and it's also a tip for beach fishers. Uh, it's an interesting thing. It's a statement that I've heard around about this time and up until February, and the statement is. Um, the family have gone fishing, and who and there's dad. Who caught the most fish? Oh, the kids got some beautiful fish. And he said, oh, I hardly got a bite. He said, the kids were pulling them in left, right, and centre. Now, there's a reason for that, and that is dad, who had the biggest rod and the biggest reel and everything, he threw out so far, he threw over the top. So all the fish were watching the, the bait and everything go up over the top. Whereas the kids, they could only throw in close, and that's where the fish were. So they never ever quite figured that out. But that's the reality of it. The kids caught all the fish because they threw where the kid, where the fish were, and that's the best place to catch them. Exactly right. So that interface between the beach and the and the sea, where all the action is, the worms and the crabs and the uh, everything's being being washed out, and, and the little fish are there, and the big fish are there, like the big predatory. Flathead. What about inside Port Stephens? Do the fish get close to the shore, close to that structure as well? Yeah, within a metre. Within a metre. If you get there early before the fish are disturbed by by um, those launching boats, they around boat ramps inside Port Stephens, and you go there and be very quiet, and get, you'll see the flathead taking off right around um, from the shoreline. That's on the top of the tide early in the morning, particularly if you have the wind at your back. Now, if you can get all that lined up, and then don't throw out far. Don't throw out. Concentrate your effort within two or three metres, three metres at the most, of the shoreline, and work your bait or your lure real close because you'll be very surprised. You know, the best bait, I ever use for flathead is rarely available these days, sadly. And we used to call them frogmouth pilchards. Now, they used to travel along, up along the coast, up into the north coast, um, beautiful pilchards. Uh, they call them anchovies in some places now. Um, but they've got a quite strange, big, big, broad mouth, big white mouth, and they're relatively soft. And you can fish fit three two-o's or three three-o's in some case, ganged hooks into those um, frogmouth diligence and then slowly, slowly retrieve them um, and then and then you'd feel the weight. The, the flathead didn't come and they don't bite like a brim or they don't bite like anything really. They just come up and just gulp it and then lay in the sand unsuspecting that your hook is in the bait that they just swallow. And then you just have a 
gentle. You don't have to yank or swing. It's just a gentle tightening of the line, and then you're in business. Um, and that's worked for me forever. And Stinker, what sort of retrieve are you talking with that sort of bait, which is really the best of both worlds, isn't it? It's, it's a tasty lure or soft plastic uh, loaded with hooks. Well, it, you do it less than walking pace, just less than walking pace. But if there is weed around, avoid the weed. If there's weed and sand, make sure that you stay on the sand. Don't let don't let your um, bait um, sink into the weed. And you talk about uh, the longest beach, the longest continuous beach along the New South Wales coast in, in Stockton Beach, one of those uh, few beaches you're allowed to drive along as well with the permit. And uh, you've got whiting territory that goes forever. And then you've got the smaller beaches and then you've got the beach that goes from Tea Gardens all the way up to Seal Rocks. And then you've got the smaller beaches around uh, your area, Fingal and Zenith. And it just goes on, doesn't it, when you want to catch a whiting off the beach. Any reports of those coming in? Well, the best two beaches, and they always have been, has been Stockton and Fingal. They're the best two. But Stockton, at this time of the year, is just, it's like a freeway. There are so many vehicles. And I do think in the future there's going to have to be some limit because it just, um, you know, it gets a bit dangerous. There are so many vehicles. Yes, and they drive too quickly. Um, I just hope there are no problems up there this Christmas because again, everyone's got a four-wheel drive and all the four-wheel drives are powerful. And, and a lot of people who drive the four-wheel drive on the beach, they haven't done it before. Uh, there's a lot of things that can go haywire. And even here at Fingal, where you can't drive on the beach here, which is a good thing, and the, um, the, the ramp that goes onto the beach is closed. So there are no vehicles at all permitted on Fingal Beach. And I support that completely because there are too many people with so many kids having the time of their life digging holes halfway to China, <laughs> you know, and they don't want a truck go rumbling by. And I can understand that completely. They're digging tank traps to catch you when the uh, the ban on driving down to the boat ramp or the, the beach launching spot is, is uh, gone after the holidays, Stinker. You've run into a few of those from time to time, haven't you? Oh, particularly when I used to fish for Mulloway in the night and I'd come out when, on those real dark nights and I'd try drive home unsuspecting and then down you go into one of these great sand mines oh, that the kids have spent half a day digging and then you have to change gear to get out of their hole. <laughs> and Stinker, chasing the, the snapper offshore, it's not as easy as those other things. I mean, it does take a bit of uh, specialist knowledge and, and, and safety concerns come into play. Those other forms of fishing we've mentioned are very safe, aren't they? Well, again, because Fingal is closed, the best place to launch now for those uh, chasing snapper in Port Stephens or off Port Stephens over the Christmas holiday is Little Beach. There's a, a good launching site at Little Beach, but it will be pretty busy. Probably the best one, but it's a little further from the from the entrance to the port, and that is um, Soldiers Point. So that that's an excellent launching site. Now, once you're in the water, 
head out through the, the uh, entrance to the port, which is just fantastic entrance, between the two towering headlands, Yakabar and Tomaree. The most majestic structures. Oh, you God, I love them. I love those two headlands. How can you love a rock? That's what I do. I think they're just beautiful. Uh, they're a bit more than the rock. And the vegetation's beautiful too. But once you get out there, you've got the choice of turning left, heading north and going to Broughton, or turning right um, and going south towards Bengal. Now, that's the choice you've got to make. Now, a lot of your choice will mainly depend upon the wind. Um, so work out your options. You don't want to be fishing where it's uh, windy and choppy. If you can get out of that, and still be in really good uh, snapper country, that's probably the place to be. But um, I've always, um, I mean, I love to go to Broughton Island and I catch some beautiful fish up there. But by golly, I catch some crackers here. Out in front of the lighthouse at Fingal Bay, um, the snapper there, the snapper there, and there's some great habitat. And anyone who knows anything about snapper fishing will be able to detect that habitat without too much trouble. So you can either go about it with plastics, which are becoming increasingly popular, or an old boat man, a bait man like me, and I still enjoy floating baits down a burly trail. But they're there. There's, there's plenty of snapper there. And really, I've been reporting snapper for a long period of time, and the stocks of snapper, in my opinion, haven't waned. I think there's as many snapper there as there were 40, 50 years ago. Gee, that's, that's really good to hear. That anecdotally suggests that we're doing it in a sustainable way. Oh, well, yeah, that's what you do. And you learn, you learn the best spots in the right conditions. That's what you learn. Experience, experience teaches you that. But I, I mean, and then, of course, there's the islands, Bundlebar, Cabbage Tree Island. And remember, you're in a, um, you're in a sanctuary zone. You know, you're in a marine park, which is different from a sanctuary zone. Your sanctuary zones are within the boundaries of marine park. So that's got to be understood. So what you need to do is to get a map. If you haven't been here before and you don't know where the sanctuary zones are, you get yourself a map. Because I can tell you now that um, ignorance is no longer a, um, an excuse. It's no longer an excuse. So if you get caught fishing in a sanctuary zone, um, you're in a bit of pickle. Yeah, and look, get the literature on, on size and bag limits. You can find it on your phone these days. It's all there. It's all updated on flathead slot and jewfish size and limit, which is very important because that's uh, you know something that the, the occasional fishers really need to be across, and a lot of people heading off on holidays this time of year uh, fall into that category. Stinker, it's been an absolute pleasure through the year. Tight lines. We'll hear you again on Wednesday. Your amazing life story there with uh, Richard Feidler on Conversations. That's at 11 o'clock. So uh, if you haven't got enough stinker this morning, we'll get some more stinker on Wednesday. <laughs> Scott, I've enjoyed every minute of it as well. Um, and I, I really do enjoy and I feel privileged that um, people mention it when I, when I meet them wherever I am. I say, oh, we listen to that program and we enjoy it. And that gives me heaps of pleasure. And so uh, thank you for a great year. Merry Christmas to everybody. Stay safe. That's number one. Stay safe. Enjoy your Christmas break. And we'll speak again next year.
See you then, Stinker. It's been great fun. Tight lines, mate. Hey, Scott. person on the water having the best fun is the best fisher person then Stephen Gaynor on the flyboat on Sydney Harbour as we speak takes the the award I think good morning Steve good morning Scott Levi how are you buddy I'm good you've got a great crew on board I believe you've got four happy anglers I do we're actually out here squidding today and we are bringing one in as we speak. Well done, Riley. That's oh, a good one, too. <laughs> Lift that right up. <laughs> Riley, there we go. aim it at Steve. Aim it at Steve. See no, if you can... Don't aim it at me. No, no, I've already been gotten. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I love squidding. It's so much fun, and particularly that, that anticipation of when they're going to let that jet of ink go into someone's face. It's always yes. amazing. No, no, mate, but we've been squinting for a few hours now and they've only just come on. So I'm looking around at the guys. There's a few blank looks going, is this guy kidding us here? Is there any squid? But yeah, no, we're all good, mate. But, Not- uh, yes. Nice calamari squid, Stephen, the calamari squid? Uh, they're, they're calamaris. They're not quite sort of dinner plate size yet, but no, we're getting a few. For more, we're going to get them for live bait for kings. Oh, they're, they're amazing live bait for kings. And as our mate Craig even shows, uh, if you catch your own and then uh, you know cube them up or strip them up and use them like that as well, they're far better than anything you buy. They, they, they just... Oh. Don't work the, the the service station squid. Just don't work, do they? You've got to have no, that. No. They can t- no. taste it and smell it. They can taste it and smell it. I be- I guess. Hunter, as soon as it goes white, they're useless. I say to anyone, do not buy squid. It's a waste of time. Look, there are days when kingfish will eat a rusty hook. You know, yeah, they'll eat the servo squid then or fresh off the trawler. But you know, I find for kingfish, you've got to catch them that day, even if they're not alive later on in the day but you've got to catch them that morning. Um, for dewies, it's all right. You know, you can use frozen squid. They'll eat it. But kings, no, they're way too fussy. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And it's a, a real a real secret of the pros, as, as they say. Uh, as we say, it's not a secret. It's just a formula, you know? Yeah, that's right. Go out, get the bait, and get the fish. Where are you, Steve? Where are you squidding and where are you I'm, going to? I'm sitting here in Borkloos. We're staring into the houses of the rich and famous all daydreaming about what could have been. Uh, and from here, we're probably just going to go out and hit a few king spots. And probably, you know, the kings haven't really been on. They're all on tiny baits. We've been doing really well on the fly on them. But um, been lots of slatties around. So, yeah, we're just going to have a bit of a mix-it-up day today. And where are the where are the guys on board from? Um, they're all locals. Well, we've got one from the UK, um, but everyone else is sort of local. Yeah, it's an amazing place isn't it i mean if you're a tourist coming to sydney and you get that view from the water it's an incredible city with the opera house and the iconic bridge and the the skyscape i mean it's just you pinch yourself out there i I know even you do oh mate every day i don't take it for granted and especially when we just had a squid tear in eat a jig and let go but that's all right 
I'm looking at someone who just lost the squid on me. <laughs> all right. Well, tight lines to all of you. Have a Merry Christmas, Stephen. It's going to be a great year on Sydney Harbour by the sound of it. It's good to know that uh-huh. the, the, the squid are back. Look, the squid are back, but mate, look, what's more exciting, the surface action in the harbour lately is phenomenal. We've had amazing salmon, Taylor, we got Bonito in, kings are on the surface, the bait fish are everywhere, and the water temperature is like 23 degrees at the moment. And up the back of Bantry Bay, the surface temperature is getting up to 27 degrees. So, I don't know, I, I don't want to jinx it, but I think we've got a good year ahead of us, guys. Look, if you want to have the probably the greatest thrill in fishing, cast a, a little fly, a little surf candy or something out for a big salmon or, or kingfish or bonito in Sydney Harbour and hang on. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we got another one on here, Scott. Got him, Riley. Here we go. He dropped him. He dropped him. Oh, oh, no. No. oh you're dead to me. Oh, it's all good. Riley, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but we're, we're onto a little school of squid here. Guys, can you see him? Drop your jigs in the water, guys. Oh, I got a lot. I love it when the squidding's on, mate. Here we go. Oh, I got one. Hang on. Oh, Captain Steve's got one. Hey. Hey, He's t- tidy, mate. He's a brim bait. Tight lines, <laughs> buddy. I'll let you catch a few baits and, and catch a few big kin- kings. Send me a photo, would you? Will do, mate. All good. Have a good Christmas, Scott. See you later, Stephen Gaynor on Sydney Harbour. There's a bit of action for you. I can't guarantee that you'll catch them like Stephen or Stinker there, but I can guarantee that you can catch the podcast of The Big Fish at the ABC Listen app at your leisure anytime you like. Tight lines, catch you in the new year. When fishing last Sunday and I caught a smelt, put him in the pan and the fire he felt. Of all the smells I ever smelt, well, I never smelt a smelt like that smell, smelt. As the salmon swam up the river to spawn, yeah. he said to himself with a great big yawn, oh, oh. the next time I come up this way, I'm gonna, gonna make the trip in a Chevrolet. Oh, oh. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.